Hello, everyone. We're getting down to the nitty gritty, dear listener. There are only three weeks left to celebrate the pending proposals of those who found love on the beaches of Bachelor in Paradise. And for some reason, ABC thinks we need three hours to start wrapping this mother up next Tuesday. There's absolutely nothing we can do about it, people. Like a looming tropical storm heading straight for us, we will have to hunker down and hang on until our palate cleanse, known as Michelle arrives this October. This is why I'm glad you have us to help you narrow down the important details of this episode. Some guy in Austin and I are here for you as we ask the big questions. Is Ivan a villain? What is the likelihood that salsa dripped into Mari's nether regions? Does Kendall still love grocery store Joe or was she having a minor nervous breakdown? Why did the cast move like a herd of decrepit turtles when they were told they needed to evacuate immediately? And how many made a beeline for the bar to get a margarita to go? My guess is at least half. Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay and welcome to the I Hate Green Beans podcast. During each episode, I'll be discussing television, movies, music, and books with friends who love pop culture as much as I do. For those of you wondering, yes, we will be talking about the Bachelor franchise. And no, I do not want to try your grandmother's famous green bean casserole recipe. But thanks for offering. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. It's episode 235 of the I Hate Green Beans podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay. I'm here with some guy in Austin. We're going to talk about week six of Bachelor in Paradise, which was a whole lot of nothing with little blips of excitement here and there. But first, I wanted to thank everybody who donated for the Arise Africa donor match days. Laura and I were trying to reach 100 and you want to know how many people we got to donate? Well, it's it's uh, X plus one some guy in Austin that donated. <laughs> I know. You did donate. Thank you I for did. doing Mrs. that. Uh, Mrs. Some Guy did too. And I will tell you that um, uh, it's it's funny because um, you know you and I had talked about it. And then I told you, oh, I'm going to donate. And you said, thank you very much. And I'm sitting here at my desk completely unsolicited. And I get a, like an angry text from Mrs. Some Guy that says, make sure you donate to... <laughs> Lindsay's thing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I already did. I <laughs> so, love that about her. Yeah. I love yeah. that. That's so great. We it was it was it was touch and go there for a minute, but man, we really pulled it out at the end and and so many people just what I love most about it is is that it it was people there were a lot of names that I didn't know. And that was yeah. just so sweet and precious to me that that they would write in the comments of the Venmo, you know, I hate green beans podcast listener or reader, or I don't know why they were putting your name in there. Cause you didn't have anything to do with it, but some guy in Austin and Lindsay, <laughs> I was like, Oh, poor Laura, <laughs> but yeah, her too. So it was good. But what I was, I was just blown away. We had 114 people by great. the end look, of look the at night. That. And so that was so great. And we're trying, I'm, I'm, I'm attempting to, you know, thank everybody. That's going to be a little bit of a process because I just don't want it to be an obligatory thanks. And but what we are doing is we are having um, kind of like a getting to know Arise Africa, not necessarily a fundraiser, but getting to know who Arise Africa is and who Alyssa is. I've, I've I talk about her in my book, but she's the 24 year old when she was 24 and she was working for the NBA and she was a photographer and. She was over in Africa and decided to visit her sponsor kid with this other organization. And she went and they didn't have record of her 
or the kid in their system. And she thought, well, (laughs) this is flawed. And so as you do when you're 24, you just start your own nonprofit. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of us start blogs like you and I did. She starts a nonprofit. So good for her. Each his or her own. Anyway, we are going to have this meet and greet where you're coming too. Yes, I will be. Am I, uh, let me ask you this. Am I like, um, I think I'd sent you, we hadn't talked about this, but there was this food and wine concert event in Austin a couple of weeks ago. Do you remember what I sent you? Yes. Yeah. So I, I want to be, if there's some sort of like promotional poster, I want to be in this position. So there was this food and wine thing in Austin and it was sort of controversial because everybody else had to be vaccinated and masks and all this, but for some reason this was exempt. And so everyone's running around with no masks and whatever, but it was, there was bands Oh, uh, there were de- like legit bands. There were DJs, you know, like the whole EDM thing that yeah. I don't get that the, the all the all the twenty somethings dig. Mm-hmm. There was that, and then there was like food and wine vendors at you know restaurants and and wine wineries that would would um, sample their products, right? Yeah, and 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 so the, the the thing says you know starring you know DJ whatever and and um, you know the ABC band and all this, and then in fine print I circled this for you when I sent it to you. It said. Side stage, Blake Horseman. <laughs> and yeah, I'm not really sure what he was doing. Um, we know what he was trying to do. He was trying to sleep with everyone at a festival. But it's, uh-huh. it's, it was good to see that Blake still has some ability to pull some kind of festival presence. Oh, yeah. But I, I was just saying, if, 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 you know, if this is going to be some kind of big promo event, I would like some sort of billing side, as side, side stage. stage yeah i would like to be that guy you want your own booth <laughs> yeah i just would just a booth like lucy from peanuts you know and it's like some guy is in and i will just stand there and people can come say hi to me it'll be fine <laughs> okay well it's gonna be at carbock brewery there you go i'm sold now i'm really coming for sure (laughs) everything we do is at a brewery which i nothing's wrong with us but just breweries are fun i guess that's where i have my book thing too at a brewery it's a different one though carbock brewery and it's gonna be on november 4th so mark your calendar i don't know what time yet but mark your calendar and we'll both be there and laura will be there and Oh, gosh, everybody, Todd, Stephanie, anybody you've heard on the podcast before, they're all going to be there and it'll be fun. It's a Thursday mm-hmm. night. So it's going to be cool. Will we have name tags? Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> feel like you need one? Yeah, people, I, yeah, are, I don't know. Are you going to put yeah. your n- real name on there? No. Hello, I'm <laughs> some guy S- in Austin in red Sharpie. <laughs> S-G-I-A. That's right. I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> Cool. I do want to talk about, um, you were speaking of all the kids and the EDM stuff and my, our friend Andrea texted the other day and she's, she works with young college kids. And so she's always keeping me informed of the new latest things that I need to know. Oh, I'm, I can't wait for this insight behind the curtain. Yes. Here. I can't wait. And she said, um, she had invited somebody to go somewhere and they wrote back, um, TFTI. You know Hold on, let me see. Let me see. Um, too, um, too, um, too foolish to inquire. I have no idea. <laughs> Close. Uh, that means thanks for the invite. 
Oh, okay. Uh TFTI. And I think Stephanie wrote one that she had heard was TLTR, um, a text message. And that means too long to read that you wrote. You wrote. (laughs) Wait a minute. 120 characters. What has become of us? I it's think it was people that, like know, me. I write. I write long, informed no, sentences. Whatever. But, but think about this. So, so next time, this is what I'm going to do um, because this is depressing. Because I'm going to pull out the Declaration of Independence and I'm going to count the first 120 characters, and I guarantee it doesn't even get to the the part about freedom and all that. It's just you know, it's you're we too long to read. Not doing it. Yeah, the to, people. Yeah. Yeah, too long to read. Yeah. Forget about all this Liberty too. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote this delightful, we had the greater Houston prayer breakfast yesterday and I wrote this delightful text message to the speaker. Cause I was in charge. I was handling the speaker and I wrote this delightful message to him saying, welcome to Houston. I will uh, meet you in the lobby of the whatever. And it starts at this time and I'll be in all black and I'll have my glasses on. You can find me here and we're excited. And he wrote back, cool. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's good. (laughs) I had a, yeah, TLTR. And I would uh, like to point out that he did not find me. Laura had to find him and bring him to me. So he didn't read the text message that said, I will be standing in front of your chair. Yeah. <laughs> out in the lobby wandering around. Listen, at least you were wandering in Houston and not in Sri Lanka <laughs> or wherever you were. Where were you, where were you stranded in the, some industrial section of a communist country? Singapore. Singapore. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I couldn't. I can't even imagine. You know how xenophobic I am. I don't like that. I travel and like it just weirds me out because it's out of my. I, if I was stranded in Singapore in an industrial section with no, I w- I don't know what I would do. I mean, you you would read about me on the news. I would like kidnap a Singaporean and be like, "Take me to your leader because I need to get out of here." I had I got in the wrong cab. I didn't realize that certain colored cabs meant credit cards and certain colored cabs meant cash. Yeah. So I didn't have I had some cash because I'm not dumb, but I I didn't have enough cash, and so he just stopped in the middle of the. God. He said, "We're done. You're out of money." Yeah. It's like a strip club, you know. The second yes. you run out of money, it's like yes. the strippers are. You know, they don't, they don't quote like you anymore. Once oh. you, you become uninteresting once your money runs out. Uh-huh. I did not know that. <laughs> no, I haven't, I haven't, uh, we could talk about that. Someday. I haven't been to a strip club in probably, oh my God, it's been decades. Cause I just, Good. this is not my thing. Wonderful. Um, yeah. And I have, I have friends that, that like is their thing. And I've yeah. had serious conversations with men in their forties. Like, mm-hmm. do you honestly think that cinnamon or, you know, whatever is interested in you? And the answer is like, yeah, yeah. We had a good conversation. Like we're not a money and see what happens. Yeah. You know, like, oh. anyway, I just, that's a whole other deal. Speaking of strip clubs, um, shouldn't we be talking about bachelor in paradise? <laughs> yes, we should be <laughs> nice. talking about bachelor in paradise because one of the exciting things that happened last night, if you want to call it exciting, it was Ed who we called Vinny last week. Sorry, Ed. But he looks like a Vinny and Damar arriving on the beach shirtless. Shirtless, by the way, mm-hmm. yeah, shirtless. Mm-hmm. And uh, as Aaron, as Aaron put it, there may or may not have been some oil involved. <laughs> That's right. 
I think Vinny Ed looks a lot better than he did the last time we saw him. He's toned his hair down, and I think he's trimmed up a little bit. Yeah, he, he looked not... he looked lean. He looked yes. in great shape. Yeah, yes. yeah. And, DeMar, and even like, of course, too. well, Demar, because you know, um, if the darker your skin tone, the more you know, like bodybuilders like literally paint themselves brown so that mm. you know, like they you can see the definition. Mm-hmm. And even with like the darker skin tone or whatever, Ed looked real like he looked impressive Ed. next to Demar, and Demar's in good shape too. Um, so yeah, Ed looked great. He came in in shape. That's what you want to do when you go to the beach. That's exactly right. And he zeroes in on Natasha. Do you mm-hmm. think that was on purpose? Yes. You, okay. You think the no, producer no, no. said? I thought, no, no, no. I think, yeah, I think you were going to, I thought you were going to say set up, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're trying everything they can to get poor Natasha a date and, uh, <laughs> God bless her. And, uh, you know, God bless whoever, uh, it feels for her in the in the production staff. It's really, really trying to make her fall in love. Absolutely, she's she's over here. So Ed, Ed, it's a double date again, which I think is so weird. But Ed and Natasha. So let's just put them aside because nothing really happens. They make out, whatever. Yeah, and no, they, that was it. Yeah, it was that was like a, we're here, we want to stay here. So yes. let's pretend we're interested. Which, yeah. as you recall, last week Natasha was with Doctor Joe who decided to act all weird once he figured out that Brendan was not a great guy yeah. in Natasha's eyes. My favorite was when, uh, you know, they, they, Natasha showed a little more personality this weekend, just be, or this week, because she was, I think, a little more optimistic. Yes. And so, but she, they were, you know, they did the voiceover and they're showing who she was interested in. They show poor Dr. Joe just sitting there like, why am I here? Yes. And, uh, and she says, well, I was, you know, uh, trying to be with Joe last week. We went on a date, and it started out really good. Then it got really weird, and then they pan over to to Vinny or whatever his name is, and he's like, "Natasha, would you like to go talk?" <laughs> and then Doctor Joe has, I'm assuming, Connor the Cat's ukulele, and he's playing yeah. it, you know, forlorn and sad by the beach, and that's all we see of Doctor Joe. I'm not even sure Doctor Joe had any words yeah. this week. I just feel bad because the ukulele is such a happy instrument, you know, and it's just been debased to this, you know, this this uh, depressing like fidget spinner this season. Whenever anyone's depressed, it's like, where's the ukulele? I need to I need to lament on the beach with it's just like it's so sad because the ukulele is like so you know positive. Fidget <laughs> spinner. Uh, have you heard Country Roads played on a ukulele? If you want Country. happiness, that is just. I will. Go- I'll, I'll Google it. No, no, I'm going to play it for you right now. Almost You know, I have to say, Lindsay, if I heard that on the beach in paradise, that would freaking cheer me up. Maybe that's what they're all going for. Yeah, maybe. I'm telling you, you're right. Do you play the ukulele? <laughs> I don't. Uh, I wish I did. That actually, you know, it's funny that, that you bring that up because uh, one of my biggest regrets, um, at being a you know an adult, is never learning a musical instrument. Now I could take some lessons and learn to play the kazoo or the bongos or, you know, percussion or something that was a little easier to learn. But I just, you know, I would, I'm, I'm aggravated because I have such an appreciation for live music and it's just a passion of mine. And, Mm -hmm. um, 
and I know what I'm looking at, I know what I'm looking at. I can listen to the same song a hundred times and listen to nuances and things. And so I have a real appreciation for it, but I just, I'm one of my biggest regrets is not practicing or being becoming proficient in a, in a mm. musical instrument. And I, mm-hmm. I pass that on to, um, a lot of people, all the, all the youths, as they say, oh, I yeah. say, play, play an instrument. I tell my, my nephews and every child that I see play an instrument. Like I'll be, I'll be walking in, in the grocery store, for instance, there'll be a small child holding his mother's hand and I will grab him and say, <laughs> put the candy down and learn to play a musical instrument. <laughs> what would you want to play if you could play anything? Probably guitar just cause it's, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's cool. And, um, I would just like to play the guitar. Well, you know, playing the ukulele was one of my goals. You know, I, know, I have and a I, skill goal every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's one thing I respect about you because, you know, I think I remember years ago you and I talking about podcasts and I had said, hey, I would like to start one. And you said I would too. And you actually went and did it. That's the difference between you and me <laughs> is, um, you know, I'm still talking about it. And here we are, uh-huh. you know, on Zencaster talking to, on your 235th <laughs> podcast. That's true. You know how old it is? Do you know when I started this? I think you said four years ago. Was it four years? Five years? Four years ago. Golly. 17. Do you remember Crazy. that? And I yeah. called you and I said, hey, can you do a podcast with me? And I didn't know yeah. what I was doing. And we started on some Rachel Lindsay season in yep. the middle of it. Yeah. But do, <laughs> do you remember? I remember like now. So it's so funny to me now. And this is still brand new every time. It's like I pop open my computer and I just stop what I'm doing. And then I click the button and I say, Hey, are you ready to go? And you're like, yes. And you're hello. It's bachelor or whatever. 2000 and what? And, and uh, but do you remember how long it used to take us to like get started? And you're like, Oh, the video. Oh, wait, wait the audio. Wait, maybe we'll just shut down the video. We won't look at each other. It was like a 10 minute ordeal to even get hello out. And uh, here we are. You should see the first one too, where I edited the crap out of it. Meaning if you said, uh, or if I said, huh, or any kind of little, any kind of little intricacy, I would just edit it out. And it took me, I don't know, three hours to do that. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, here we are. Congratulations on all of that. Now now you're, you're raising money on this thing and you're, yeah, it is. It's fantastic. So. (laughs) Okay. Let's get back to VIP. I'm going to tell you, Damar comes in and turns Marissa's head, which we later learned from Becca that allegedly DeMar was the one person Marissa was hoping would come to Pat bachelor in paradise. And so she goes over, he asks her, Hey, do you want it? And she says, she tells him that, Hey, you're the one person I wanted to see. And I thought, well, well I thought it was up. weird. Wait yeah. That was super weird. Wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I thought that was not, cool of her yeah at all. and are you do you um think that there is a quote list or is this like the yeah. mccarthy communism list it's just sort of this you know ethereal thing that's out there that doesn't really exist but everyone has this list because she's like the third or fourth person yeah. to say you were on my list yeah you were the one yeah. person mm-hmm. on my list who i thought i would yeah. want to come down just like uh tajwan wanted riley to come right. down and right. somebody else wanted somebody too. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming there is a list because that's how they shake things up on the yeah. beach. And the list is, the question is, who have you slept with before the show? <laughs> who have you wished you slept yeah. with? Who yeah. have you wished you never slept yeah. with, but you and actually it's like, did? <laughs> it's like a job application. It says like, if you need more space, please use additional paper. <laughs> 
Blake Horseman's like, Jesus, I'm going to need, uh, yeah, I'm going to need a, I'm going to need a cast list. Might as well just check them off. It's easier to scratch through who you haven't. So like, exactly. Yeah. Write down who you have. <laughs> exactly. Well, in the end, Demar does not pick Marissa. He picks Chelsea, which I think yeah, was, was a, interesting. What they, what they call a red herring. Yeah. And then they go off and do some dumb painting date. It doesn't really matter. We don't care about that. But what happens is when they get back, Marissa wonders if she, because she got so excited about Damar arriving on the beach, she starts doubting her relationship with Riley. Aaron does not doubt anything with Chelsea. He thinks she's just being nice. That guy is mm -hmm. a whiner. He is such a whiner. Yes. So it just ends up that it gets all kind of mixed up. Marissa gets in a place where she thinks she needs more conversation and Riley's too closed off. And so she finally cracks him open to where he starts weeping about his insecurities with his own dad. And yep. they reach a place where she feels great. Now, do you yeah. think she feels great because she wasn't chosen to go on the date? Or do you think she's really in this with Riley? Cause she was quick to think, Oh, I could go with Damar. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's hard to say. I think, a big factor for all these people, because I think you would agree with me, this season has more like legit, strong or seemingly mm -hmm. strong couples than, than usual. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that they've, you know, kind of gone from the, the straightest line between A and B watching the, the former strategy, you know, employed by a lot of people is if you hook up right away and you have the secret conversation, like you pick me, I pick you, then you get to stay a long time. So it's yeah. hard to say who's sincere and who's not. But I thought they, I mean, they appear to be really happy. Um, I think Riley, if you're going to psychoanalyze the guy, that was apparent that that guy's got some kind of shield mm -hmm. up, you know, mm -hmm. with, with the, the working out and the bodybuilding mm -hmm. and the, you know, all just all of that indicates he's burying something and maybe she got to it. Maybe he opened up and hopefully that was sincere. Yeah. I hope it was too. I, I, I really do feel that way. I know this is a yeah, stupid show, yeah, but you know, I, I hate to see like that one guy that Claire just destroyed. He's probably still crying because he had to talk about his worst. Remember that? And he had to write down the, the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you know, it burned, but it didn't go away. It's, you know, I mean, that was awful. And it just opened up this whole can. Of, remember the guy was like this former football player and he just yes. reduced to this pile of mush. And you're yes. like, man. I hope that doesn't happen to anybody else on this show ever. <laughs> that was because awful. It, because it ended with her going, don't you feel better? And him going, yeah. no. Yeah. Well, and then Claire was such an awful bachelorette too. It's like, if you're going to, if you're going to pull that trigger, you know, let it you know, have, have a happy ending. It just exactly. wasn't worth it for her. You know, terrible. <laughs> the <laughs> oldest bachelorette ever. <laughs> We get to this point, though, whenever they come back and Chelsea admits to Aaron that she was hopeful that the date would end soon because she couldn't wait to get back to Aaron. Then the next thing we know, Ivan starts sniffing around Chelsea. Let me tell you why. Because Kendall has left. She leaves right. at the beginning of the show because Joe and Serena are in love. Did that surprise you? Not at all. Mm -mm. Really? No. It, you know, I think I told you, like, my prediction was Joe's a pretty loyal guy. He's going to stick stick to the plan because he really mm -hmm. does like Serena. He feels like he owes it to her. Yeah. But um, I feel like he was he was torn for a little bit there, and then he you could see him process it, and then he said, "Okay, I'm gonna I have to I have to commit," and I respected that because he oh, wasn't yeah. 
on the fence. He wasn't wishwashy. He didn't come down and say, you know, whatever. He made a decision, a difficult yep. one, and he stuck with yep. it. And I respect that. He, he really does like Serena. I agree. I think the angst and pain you saw from him was that this woman, who he legitimately loved for two years, is crying and is sad. And so, well, here, here's the he other thing. I think, her, but if you notice, it's one arm. He's yep. not whispering sweet nothings. He's not saying it's. Well, he's he's saying you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. But he's not. He's very respectful to her, but also to Serena. He doesn't kiss her. He doesn't do anything awful yep. like that and tells her you know she said why did you come to paradise and he said because i was under the impression that this was over and i thought you were under the impression that this was over so yep and i've well, made and he, connections yeah and he did say he said if she had told me he alluded to this but i'm paraphrasing he said you know i wish she would have told me this before i came here yeah which Again, he decided to move on and he had to just reassess, hey, this is where I'm at and I'm not going to get pulled back into this. I, didn't you get the impression, though, that um, sh she's dealing with a lot more regret than he is? Because I got, yeah. you know, if you look at their other conversations, it was clear that he was like, come to Chicago, come to Chicago, come to Chicago. Yep. And the answer was no, 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 no. And I think that's what ultimately ended their relationship. He said, quote, you didn't even try. Yep. And so she's just filled with that. What if? what if and he and yeah. he's not because you know he he gave her the chance and she didn't take it and i think he's not punishing her no, for that but all. he realizes that the door was slammed mm -hmm. and now he's got to move on so That's exactly uh, again right. mature 35 year old relationship stuff um and it sucks for kendall but she sort of made her own bed and then uh it was right for her to leave and i, I thought wells was very um diplomatic and compassionate and yep. i thought she made the right decision I agree. And I think also that Serena handled herself and, you know, Joe comes back to her and says, Hey, just want to let you know that we had a conversation and Kendall left and I'm, I'm sad for her, but I need you to know that I'm here for you. And yeah, Serena that's gotta give her right. a bunch. No. Yeah. Gotta give her a bunch of confidence. Um, having witnessed that there's no question as to what actually happened. Yep. Uh, and he clearly had a decision to make and he chose her. So good for him. So then you have Ivan left without yeah. a. Can I, uh, can I say it? Can I say it? Yes, please. He's going rose hunting. Rose hunting. <laughs> nice. He's got to. He's got to continue this journey to find love, and he's going to do it by hunting roses. Mm -hmm. I will say that it painted him in a bit of an unfortunate light, to where he we could hear him on camera saying. Well, I want to stay. I have to stay. I have to find a rose. And, yeah. and I know that they're all there. They all know that they're there for that reason. They all, that's why Aaron came up with the term rose hunting, you know, yeah. that they all know that that's what's happening. But he immediately zeroes in on Chelsea mm -hmm. and then they make out. And so Aaron sees this, of course, because they all make out in front of each other and he's sitting with James. And he said, they're kissing. Poor James. I know, Poor they're James. kissing. Oh, they're walking off holding hands. What's going on? Why are they doing this? And I, my question to you is, why is Aaron always mad at only the guy? Why isn't he he's, mad at Chelsea? You're right. He Because well, he's a whiner. He, he, the guy just sits there and he whines. And then, but why can't he whine about Ivan and whine about Chelsea? He didn't whine when Tammy humped Thomas. Yeah, I just was glad that he wasn't whining about Thomas for a change. Um, yeah. You know, and I think that's been sort of thrown in his face. Thomas, will, I guess we'll get to that. But Thomas seems 
you know, again, I, I told you I was on the fence chach wise. He seems to be less chachy the last week or two because Becca's kind of keeping him in check. Mm-hmm. I well, um, agree. I agree. Becca's keeping. Uh, but I just, I did, I do want to. One, one thing you said was, was Ivan is on a journey for love. I, I think it was more of like a journey to stay on vacation. That's exactly what it was. Because he doesn't, <laughs> he's not interested in anybody. It's no. clear he didn't care. He would make out with, uh, you know, Chris Harrison if it would get him to stay on the. Or Lil John, that would be something, huh? <laughs> he he ends up. You know, Ivan and Chelsea walk off hand in hand. He goes to the bar and then Aaron just can't stand it. And so he says, hey, can I have a word? And Ivan's Mm -hmm. saying, what? And he's saying, come down here. I'm not coming down there. Yes, you come down here. And then they get in each other's faces. But that's where the show ends. Next week, it looks like they are really in each other's faces. And I don't know if there's going to be a fight. It looks like maybe Aaron walks away. Ironically enough. We'll see. Yeah, he'll know. walk away. That guy won't throw a punch. There's no way. He's- <laughs> and let me say right now, um, because I just remembered it, it's three hours long next week. Oh, oh no. Really? I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Is that the last one? or No. Then the next week, I think, is maybe the last one. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. So ne- anyway, next we- week, is it is, is it where they have to, like, where, where Lil John says, it's time to have your conversations if you're going to stay here and find love? Yes. Yes. Oh well, and then we have like like um, the the boom boom rooms. Everyone gets a boom boom room. <laughs> no, you have to sign up because there's only one. So oh, God. You have to use oh man, God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a it's like a World War II brothel in. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know where that comes from. I... <laughs> have you ever seen an ex make out with somebody else in front of you? Yeah, actually, I've seen a current girlfriend with somebody in front of me. What? Um, yeah, so I, I, it's I, like I, your Aaron on the beach. Yeah, so I bartended uh, at this uh, very, very popular uh, Mexican place uh, in college, and I, you know, I worked my way through college. I worked full time, and so I never did collegey things. I went to went to campus for class, and then I went to work. Well, she was in the whole, you know, the, she did the whole college experience and would go to these, you know, whatever homecoming and parents day and all, you know, all the stuff they had and a big deal at UT obviously was a football program. And so every Saturday was a game and I always picked up bartending shifts because the restaurant was absolutely packed and I could make good money. So I never went to football games. So, um, there was like in a day game, um, or in a night game, there was always a huge crowd in the beginning of the, the day, right? And then, then the game would occur and we would be empty. And then when the game was over, we would fill up again. And so it was like double the money. Yeah. And um, very long story short, she came in in the morning uh, with her friends all UT'd up and, you know, ready. Mean? And I was, well, mean? she had like all her game gear on your face painted and like the thing. And she, she actually was a, um, a UT cheerleader. Mm-hmm. So she came in in the morning and like, you know, they did their uh, pregame meal and then they went, I'm sure she cheered. And then she shows up later with this guy she was dating um, who I couldn't stand, by the way. Uh, I was like Aaron and he was like Ivan. <laughs> and um, anyway, they proceeded to um, order drinks at my bar and I was, this was a huge bar. Well, yeah. So they were sitting at the bar and keep in mind, she's under 21 and I know it. Uh And so this is the funny part. This is so like passive aggressive of me. So my buddy, John, I go, you got to give them drugs. Like I can't, yeah. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I was at, right. I was one end of the bar and he was at the other one. And and so they, they had drink. 
So then my, my manager, the guy that was the GM, his name was Kurt and I grabbed him. Um, and they were like canoodling at the end of the bar, drinking their drinks, canoodling. Well, I was working. Yeah. I was on like hour 11 of a 14 hour day and they were canoodling. And, um, and, uh, I pulled Kurt over and I said, you see that girl over there? She's not 21. And he said, really? And so he got all up in arms and he walked down and he tapped him on the shoulder in front of all their friends and he broke up the canoodle and he took their drinks and he threw them out of the restaurant. And I thought that was the end of it. I felt good about myself, but I still felt bummed because she was canoodling and I knew that the canoodling would probably continue in, in, um, some sort of boom, boom room somewhere else. Full on. Anyway, anyway, I get home that night at like two in the morning uh, after we had closed the bar, I smell like a restaurant. My, my hands are burning because I have lime juice underneath my fingernails. And I, I hit my answering machine, like back in the, this is back in the day answering machine. And there was probably a three-minute rant <laughs> on my answering machine about what an awful person I was for telling on her for oh, drinking under it. Yeah. So that was my one experience. That's the worst. I'm sorry about that. How dare they canoodle at your bar? Yeah. Hey, thanks for peeling the Band-Aid off those bad memories. I really appreciate that. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> thought about that. I need a ukulele, for God's sakes. <laughs> Uh, what was the number one drink you always made at the bar? So at the, at the place I worked, they were real big on this uh, sangria margarita. And so it was mm. this margarita, margarita with a sangria like splash swirl. and then mm. yeah, swirl. And then you, you topped it with like this ch- cherry th- juice thing, like in the middle of it <laughs> and put it, put a cherry on it. And that was a big thing. It was like, it was like $9, which back then was, you know, oh, super, huge. super expensive. Yeah. And so you'd come in there and, and you were limited to two because if you drank more than two, you were in big trouble. <laughs> Here's my question to you. It was a Mexican food place, you say? Yeah. Yeah. I was like the Wells Adams of Austin, Texas. Did you ever have naked people lay on your bar and you build tacos on them? Um, no, but I did talk my college roommate into streaking, streaking it. And he did it for $300 on a Saturday night in a motorcycle helmet. He ran naked through the restaurant. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's sort of like Kenny and Mari, right? You know, sure. that was the, that was the most bizarre. It's like those sushi restaurants where they put the sushi on the woman. You know, no, but okay, sure. Yeah, it, that was gross. I don't like. I you know, it was gross too. Yeah, it's like speaking of strip clubs. Like I don't, you know, you can get like a three dollar steak. Now, granted, it's an eighteen dollar beer with that three dollar steak, but but strip clubs have really good food for cheap to get you in there. But I don't want to see naked people while I'm eating. It's just those two things don't go together. No, no, no. And they would put tortillas over her boobs Mm -hmm. yeah, and then make a taco. And then somehow I'm going to assume it was queso, like white queso, or maybe some sour cream that was very runny that could, and they're Mm -hmm. lathering it on like lotion, which I thought was odd. Mari, I'm going to say it seemed very comfortable. Being, yeah. being that yeah. an edible taco. I think she was just happy to be off the, the out of the cage. The I mean, mm-hmm. you, do, do you think they have like the, the, you know, like that, like my neighbors have one of those um, electronic dog fences, you know, where it's invisible. 
You know, like if they go to a certain point, they get shocked. That's what those microphones are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly. It's, it's not even a microphone. It's like a shock collar. Like if you get too far down the beach. I mean, Mari didn't even try to cover herself. There were what? black boxes everywhere. I've yeah, never well, seen somebody blatantly naked like that. You mean besides Kenny playing volleyball with Tia? Kenny, or Kenny play- <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Anyway, this this wonderful edible experience, it, it caused them to tell each other they were falling in love with each other. So, you know, a silver lining. Yeah. I have a question. Uh-huh. What, why is it I'm falling in love with you? That seems to me non-committal. Well, that's exactly the that's exactly the point. They're not going right. to say I'm in love with you because that's that's too deep. But falling in love makes it seem like yeah. you can still keep going to the boom boom room with me and I respect right. you, but I'm right. not going to drop any kind of L bomb. That's crazy. Right. I'm sort of in the process uh-huh. is what I'm you know, headed that, down that, that way. Uh-huh. Right. I'd like to reassure you, but I wouldn't like to assuage all of your insecurities. So I'm going to tell you that I'm I'm falling in love with you. Okay, you have to pick one of these things. You're going to eat. <laughs> I, know, I know it's coming. Kind of, you've thought through you're, this, you're and yeah, eat. and it's going to be a difficult, impossible choice for me. You're going <laughs> to eat salsa because it was straight up salsa mm-hmm. off off somebody's body or you're gonna suck whipped cream off a toe i would go with the salsa any day of the week i I don't i don't have a foot thing you know like okay okay i still wouldn't yeah i'm not gonna suck somebody's toes on the beach don't you think salsa near orifices on the body is not a smart move I totally agree with that. Um, and I think it's probably... Minute, you um, just said lime under your fingernails is <laughs> painful. Yeah, very, because you're you as a bartender. salsa no. in no. an open no. part of your no. body? I just would, you know, it's, it's you know, like when, when you get the salsa in, in a Mexican restaurant, you always, you get a chip and you kind of stir it up before you scoop it, right? Yeah. I was wondering what you would use to stir it in that situation. <laughs> One time I did the jump splits in a fire ant bed. No. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It was Ooh. bad. And I would think salsa in the nether regions would be worse. Yeah. I, um, I've got. Because uh, it's juicy yeah, that- and it can go into places. Um, okay. I think you've made your point. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. I want yeah. to talk about James and Tia and Blake because I need you to explain to me what happened there. It's not even a love track. That's that's more like a love oval. It's just oh. soft and squishy <laughs> and it's not clearly defined. It's, it's You're so, so funny that you said that because I was watching with Amy and Amy said, James thinks he's in a love triangle. He's just a third wheel. <laughs> that's exactly right. It is exactly right. But it kind of changed at the end because let me tell you, James, I don't know, got the ABC intern to paint a bunch of boards. One's the Manhattan skyline and the other is one red light in Tia's small town, Wiener, Arkansas. And she thought that was so sweet. But when they kissed, she didn't feel anything dancing down there. Then she goes to Blake and Blake is not having the conversation that she needs him to have, or he's not opening up the way she needs him to open up. He was clueless 
as was I, I don't, I, I didn't know where, what she was. I didn't know what her beef was with him because he didn't do anything nice for her. I'm not sure. I don't I, you know, know it, she seems like a, um, she seems like she'd be hard to please, you know, she's yeah. very bubbly and all that kind of stuff, but she's just, she's not very transparent, I guess, you know, you like, think, like, do you think she's going to give her Rose to Blake or James? I hope it's James. I'm still rooting for that guy. <laughs> good. good lunky, just good he lunky, was, huggable. What'd you call him? James. A whale? What, a beluga he's a, whale? He's a, he's a whale shark. A beluga <laughs> whale, no. He's a whale shark. A whale shark. He's just How big and intimidating but harmless. How do you feel about scoop neck t-shirt there at the end? Uh, he, look, if he's going to, that guy can pull it off. He's a big dude. And, you know, I, I think if, guys if that. If you had they, to wear a scoop neck t-shirt. That was pretty scoopy, or your shirt un- open to your navel. Which one would you do? Well, I think it would depend on how much beer I had, because <laughs> I think sometimes I would be comfortable shirtless. Other times I would just go with the scoop neck and deal with the aggravation, deal with deal with the deal with the insults from all my friends. Would you just take a shirt off? Yeah, I mean that's another option. Um, I've never been like a shirtless guy. I always, uh, I always, uh, I, I get a hard time because ever since I've been really young, I, I'm, I get cold easily. Like, like even in even the, I'm like a woman, and uh, I wear an undershirt all the time. Even with my t-shirts, I wear an undershirt. My parents used to look like my parents, I would come down dressed up and my parents would laugh at me and my dad would say, you're going to mow the lawn. Why do you have an undershirt on? And I would just say, shut up. That's my thing. Like it's, it's like, it's like a hug, you know, it's like, it's just sense of security. I just feel hugged. Like it's like wearing Spanx before Spanx existed. Okay. Do you wear two shirts when you go to sleep? No, I don't don't sleep. I, I, no, I, I wear, I don't. I sleep shirtless. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I like it cold when I sleep and quiet, <laughs> so which is which sounds like a thing, but this is some guy <laughs> likes that she puts the thing on to go. You know that thing? It drives me crazy. <laughs> I mean, I, I really I feel. No, I feel like like some alien's going to communicate through that thing one night. We're going to be like sucked into the vortex. I'm like, why is this on? I just like the white noise. I'm like, no, I don't. I, it's I, annoying. I prefer brown noise. <laughs> I've heard no noise. And she's like, well, put put earplugs in. I'm like, well, what if? First of all, what if one gets like stuffed in my ear? Then we have a problem. Um, but what what if like? The home alarm goes off, or the and there's an intruder. As a man, I am obligated to grab my firearm and defend the homestead. And then the other thing is, what if the fire alarm goes off? I mean, it's, it's just no option. You know, why? Why just turn the stupid shh thing off? You're not a therapist. <laughs> I love my noise machine. Oh, you use one? Why? Oh, yeah. Because I have I have a tone in my ear like, mm, and yeah. I can't sleep. There's one more thing I want to talk about, and it was the big um, hurricane that came through. Oh, the non-event? Okay, let's talk about that. <laughs> we have leave the beach. Evacuate. Leave the beach. Leave the beach. Evacuate. All right, we're going back to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> In, in, in a rare moment, we saw behind the scenes people come out and say, 
everyone. We have a tropical storm and it's headed straight for us. Yeah. And you get to your rooms and pack and we are yeah. leaving. And it's think- moving at four miles an hour and it should be here in three days, but we're gonna we're gonna leave. I think three people went to the bar and said, Hey, can I get a margarita for the road? Right. Yeah. And then they all just just very slowly moved to their rooms. But then the weird part was that you and I were talking about beforehand. Um, they segregated. I don't like yeah. girls That's over here, boys so over here. I know. And they're all crying and saying, I don't know if we're going to see each other again. We were just getting to the point where we were falling in love. Yeah. What? yeah. And then, you know, for, for us, you know, uh, you know, people, well, you didn't grow up there. You've lived there in Houston. I mean, I grew up, you know, in a small town north of Houston and yeah. you know, hurricanes were just a thing. Like yeah. you know, you, a couple of them came through a year and, or a tropical storm and you just sort of weathered it. And you know, if I'm going to big the, you know, Playa del Maya Vero star resort and cantina or whatever, wherever they're staying, yeah. you know, I'm sure that's pretty secure. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't a tropical storm. I mean, give me a break. That's just <laughs> a lot of rain and you can drink through that, you know? And, and then, uh, I felt sorry for like, you know, you did see like, oh, those poor, you know, people in black, like that had legit things to hide from the rain, like, you know, boom mics, you you, you got an eight foot metal pole. <laughs> you're, and you're yeah, and light, and a lightning storm. And that's, that's something to cry about and go, I don't know if I'm ever going to see you again when you're holding the pole. Like that's a legit not when you're, you know, you've got flip flops and a freaking, you know, Mai Tai in your hand. <laughs> the tide is high, but I'm holding on. I'm gonna be your hey, thank y'all for listening. And again, a huge thank you to everyone who donated to Arise for Donor Match Days. Laura and I were overwhelmed by the response. I was truly touched. Thank you. Please mark down November 4th if you're in Houston so we can thank you properly with a beer from Carbach. Come by, say hi to me and Laura and some guy and everyone else involved in the show. If you'd like to read a week six recap of Bachelor in Paradise, head over to IHateGreenBees.com for years and years and years of content. Remember, one of the best things you can do to support a podcast is to review the show on iTunes and to subscribe. It would be an honor if you headed over there and left us your thoughts. Make sure to follow me on all the socials. You can find me at Lindsay on Twitter and at Lindsay Ray on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to check out my real books, Why I Hate Green Beans and It's a Love Story. You can find them wherever books are sold. Y'all stay safe, have courage, and be kind out there until we're together again. Love you, mean it. Texas forever. I'm not the kind of girl.